everybody. Welcome to another episode of Hashtag SM Life. I'm your host, Morgan Zupanski, and today we are talking with Mandisa Reed. She is a freelance stage manager currently based in San Diego, California, and she primarily does a lot of regional theater. Today's episode is going to talk a lot about burnout, FOMO, the pros and cons to social media, and how to use it. And of course, her experiences coming up as a stage manager. So let's get started. Hello. Hello, hello, Morgan. Top of the morning to you. Thanks for joining me today. Of course, of course. Thank you for having me. This is amazing to get to share um, with a larger audience, what I do as a stage manager, which is a completely different answer for all of us, um, and just to talk about some things with you. This is great. First and foremost, tell everybody either what you're working on right now or what you're doing with your time right now or you know how, however you would define that for yourself. Okay, great. Um, right now, uh, this week I'm not working um, on a project per se, but I'm, I'm in my own little pre-production for a smaller community-based show called The Ruby and Us, um, which is a project that I'm working on with the Old Globe Theater here in San Diego um, that is geared around Juneteenth, um, which takes place every year on June 19th. And if you don't know what Juneteenth is, look it up. (laughs) Google (laughs) will be your friend. Um, which is a really special thing as a young black female stage manager to get to work on projects that are near and dear to my heart, to my culture, um, to the history of my ancestors, and then to get to share that with um, the general public. So I, I'm in my own little pre-production for that right now. Um, got some script copying to do <laughs> this weekend um, and putting together the context sheet and whatnot, which I, I don't know about you, Morgan, but I, working on smaller projects, I really enjoy pre-pro by myself. Yeah, it's really cathartic, isn't it? Yeah, and it's just like me, my computer, and whatever pieces of paper I have, and music, and I'm just going ham on it, and I'm doing what I want to do. I don't have to email a draft of my contact sheet to someone and say, or to someone else on my team and say, is this how you want it formatted? Is this okay? It's all me (laughs) in-house, which I enjoy. Um, and then it's also a chance for me to just fine tune or change up, um, whatever paperwork I'm using, or no one's going to know the difference if I don't change a thing at all, except for the title and the date. (laughs) Exactly. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Um, I'm also spending my time. This is great because I was also just recording an episode of a podcast that I co-host the other day. Um, I've been spending my time. Um, creating content and co-hosting a podcast that I do with two other folks um, and it's called Living Millennial Podcast Um, and so we're coming to the end of our first season so we're doing some wrap-up and spending our time thinking of how we can better ourselves for the next season, content ideas, interview ideas, and people, um, which is really exciting and also a chance for me to meet up with um, other black people and talk about things that I normally 
don't talk with talk about when I'm at work stage managing because to be honest, I'm usually the only black stage manager in the room, which can be frustrating at times. Um, um, but also, it's such a an individual thing that I I take pride in sometimes, um, knowing that I am the only person here in this room like me, and that gives me such uh, a unique voice to contribute to the team with. What I think is so cool about you doing the podcast that you're working on and also just like who you are as a human being is I've always felt like you're very much all about um, inclusion and, uh-huh. and encouraging people and helping them up, you know, bringing people up, not putting people down. And yeah. I feel like, you know, you doing this podcast is such a beautiful extension of who you are as a human being and what you have already done as long as I know you. Yes. Yes, indeed. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I also wanted to to just give kind of a year in review. I know we're only barely halfway through the the calendar year, but in talking of what I'm working on now and upcoming things, I think it's important to highlight what I've done this year just to show the variations of what we as stage managers do within one year of our lives or even just six months of work. Um, So at the top of this year, I was working on Diana, a new musical, um, which is great and fun. And going back to what you were saying about networking, um, one of the reasons that I wanted to work on this show uh, was to work with the PSM, Martha Donaldson, who is what I consider (laughs) or to be a, a living legend of the New York stage managers. Like yep, definitely. Every, <laughs> everyone knows Martha Donaldson's name. Um, and I was like, I want to work with Martha Donaldson. Um, and I did. And the team was great. The cast was incredible, talented, kind, such a caring group of people. Um, and so I worked on that for about three and a half months. We did extend once or twice Um, And so working on a traditional uh, musical in that sense with Broadway dreams, we'll see where it goes. (laughs) Um, So I did that. And then afterwards, I worked on a reading for about, it was a little less than a week, maybe five days. Uh, So I worked on a reading as part of a series of new works that were being developed and presented within a week. There are about four or five pieces Um, So I did one of those, which it was so interesting to be in that room and and going back and talking about inclusion um, and and diversity and the things that are happening uh, with and around borders in this country. The play centered around a character who is a writer. And it was actually a true story of the playwright who, in dealing with going from his home country in South America to work um, and other leisure and family activities here in the States, crossing the border and going to what I didn't even know was a thing, going to secondary um, and the whole the, the, the tactic, tactics that some agents use just to try and get you to switch up your story or catch you in a lie and how that experience affected him and it was just this really interesting piece that I didn't get until like the later days in the workshop (laughs) um but about what that's like 
for for someone to have to do that multiple times a year and just the the fact that we all have our different stories um, and how a story can be turned into art and a learning experience and a conversational piece I know it's just beautiful in that way um, and how much of the of the piece was his own experience uh, and I thought that was beautiful and, and so wonderful for him to share that and bring people into his story. Uh, so I did that. And then I did a one-day concert with this group called Manila Fever Disco, which Ooh, that sounds is fun. A, <laughs> right. And it's exactly what it sounds like. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, a group of uh, maybe it was like seven uh, Filipino singers uh, and, and musicians doing disco cover songs and also some that were um uh filipino based and also some that were like american hit disco songs from like earth wind and fire donna summer uh and they uh, other artists like that so that was a one day thing which i love one day events like that where you come in you set up you you meet with the artist you do the sound check thing happens and then it's done and you're like wow that was a great experience now my work is done <laughs> and then now I have the the piece coming up with the in connection with Juneteenth so that's my my half a year in review and what's upcoming for me yeah and it's only mid-May I know <laughs> it's so great um and this year also looks drastically different than what 2018 looked like for me which is also another another part of this freelance life which you know like six months out I may have something completely different than the piece that I'm about to work on next week and that's the joy of of freelancing is that you you choose your own path and you create a life that you love enjoy and that you can thrive and flourish in. I love it. Yeah. I feel like I was talking to you about this a little bit last time I saw you, and it's kind of been something I've been talking about a lot lately. Mm-hmm. Just, like, what burnout is and Oof. how it's defined. <laughs> and I, I, I used to think that burnout meant I had to stop everything, and I definitely have, you know, hit a wall once or twice so far where I just feel like I was going too hard and I was working too much because you never want to say no to a job and then right you kind of like look back at the last four months that was a total blur and you're like oh wow I worked 80 hours a week and (laughs) took jobs on my day off because I wanted to add to that resume and when have I slept and also do I still have a personal life and where are my friends I feel like I don't have a support system oh they tried I said no I'm busy working right (laughs) I can't. I have rehearsal. I can't. I have a show. I can't. I need some sleep. Yeah, like all of those things. Well, and like I used to, so I used to think burnout meant I had to like stop and do nothing for a week and then I would be fine. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I've come to adjust my perception of that to be like, well, when I feel like I'm burning out or I feel like I'm running low on steam, first of all, I don't let myself crash and burn. I stop myself before I get there. And good, good. Second of all is I've tried to figure out what exactly is making me unhappy. Is it that I'm not 
interested in the content I'm working on right now? Is it that I need to switch up genres? Am I not feeling passionate about the type of roles I'm taking? You know, and obviously some of that is I'm at a place right now in my career where I can kind of pick and choose which jobs I'm taking, which has been so great. But it's also, you know, the energy you put out into the world and what you're asking for and what you're telling people you're looking for, right? So if you're not feeling fulfilled at the moment, like maybe are you pursuing the right type of thing right now for you and I just feel like what you were saying is just so resonant with like what I'm thinking about a lot lately is just like what am I interested in working on right now and it's okay if that's not what I was doing three months ago right right I want to circle back to burnout and that relation between work-life balance yeah because just like you're saying as a as a freelancer in choosing what you want to do you create your own schedule and in some instances it is hard to say no to a job whether that's because of a, a personal connection to it whether that's because of a financial connect or need for it um or whether you're just on like a yes train, <laughs> which is totally a thing for some people. But making time for yourself to whether that's that one day a week off that we get on that equity schedule, whether it's that one day or whether it's saying no to a job um, that gives you an extra month of you time just to rebuild yourself. Take a look at your resume, recraft it, update it, uh, go on vacation, see family or friends that you haven't seen in like three months, catch up on, you know, a week's worth of sleep. (laughs) It's so necessary to make that a, a priority when we're creating our own schedule because it's just a reflection of how we want to treat ourselves. Well, absolutely. And so much of our job is... Uh, not necessarily taking care of other pe- other people, but facilitating other people's passions and arts and to a certain extent taking care of them while we are working with them in whatever way that is. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, when you forget to take care of yourself, how are you able to do that for anybody else? Right. Yes. Well, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. And for me, that difference is staying open to the possibilities of what time off means for me, Um, whether that's time off to apply to like five different jobs this week or time off to go to a fitness class or something, time off to stay on the phone with my mom or my grandma for like an hour or two, which those conversations tend to lean towards that time. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that balance is so, it's, it's so important. It's something that I'm always striving for, but also there's the, the thing of burnout from working too much, but on the other end of that is what happens when you have too much free time or so one thinks (laughs) yes and and the kind of headspace that that gets into of did I did I lose some of my my shine like am I not as good as what people need me to be when will my next job come and and the the kind of 
things that we can make up in our own head from having too much time off. Well, and I, I know FOMO is real. Yes. <laughs> FOMO is so real. And also there's something, I guess I would define it as like hustle shame or mm. lack of hustle shame. I mean, especially you and I, we both went to grad school and we have a lot of friends you know, both that graduated before us and after us, along mm-hmm. with everyone that we work with regularly who's hustling just as much. But there's, you know, a little bit of the comparison game. And it's funny how, you know, I'll take a minute and I'll take a vacation or I'll make sure I'm not doing anything on my Monday. And mm-hmm. then I'll go on Instagram and see that my friend is doing this really cool event on the Monday. And I'll be like, oh, I'm not hustling. Oh, um, you know, and whether it's I'm just taking one day off or I've, you know, chosen to give myself the summer off and really step back and take a beat and refocus. It's two sided. The grass is always greener in some ways. Right. That you said something so real. That FOMO life with <laughs> social media. Uh, social media is hard. Ah, it's, uh, it's so real. I've had to. And this this is coming from what a friend of mine did is in the mornings, I tried not to even open Instagram unless I'm going to specifically post something. I try not to open it within like the first hour of waking up to just not scroll because like you were saying, I I have accounts with friends who are stage managers, other people who I don't know and maybe never (laughs) will meet who are like these high profile event planners or designers or something like that. And Another thing of of social media is you create this sort of lifestyle in your in your feed that whether or not that lives up to what is accurate in your life, that's what you're putting out. That's the energy and the visuals that you're putting out. And so to a certain extent, that becomes a version of your true life. And so seeing that in other people, I have the same thoughts where I'm like, oh, I could have been, you know, working on that or, oh, I wish I was doing something cool like that. Having no idea the work that this person put in to get there, the work that they did for this event, whether it actually made them joyful or not. What if if they hated this and they're just posting, you know, like a happy Mm -hmm. selfie or some sunshine flower filled (laughs) picture (laughs) that makes you feel good. But maybe that was a crappy event. (laughs) Um, And so, yeah, I, in the mornings, I try not to even look on Instagram is the main one for me. Just try not to even look, um, so that I don't wake up and start my day feeling bad about what I am or am not doing. Oh, that's so smart. Well, and even <laughs> even like when you are at work and you're doing something and you're hustling, then when you scroll down mostly Instagram and you see someone on this really cool vacation in uh-huh. Greece or in Africa and you're like, oh, why am I not also traveling the world? Right. <laughs> and then you got to tell yourself, you're like, yo, <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. You will get to Bali. <laughs> it's going to be okay. You know, with Facebook, with the millions of Facebook groups that there are in the world, it's so great because there are so many resources now to find jobs, even when you don't have 
a strong network or if you're looking to build a network in a different community or a different genre like there are so many accessible ways to do that now and also when you are looking to build your schedule for the next couple months there is a pressure to check everything all the time for when someone posts a job and to check your email first thing in the morning and every hour you know when you're on the hunt you are on the hunt (laughs) (laughs) and it is about being the first one to reply and then there's a pressure there and then also it's like when you don't necessarily need work for the next couple months like I find it really hard to pull back on that a bit I mean that's something I've always admired about you is you're so good at setting boundaries yeah I uh (laughs) thank you (laughs) yeah no you're so good at it um I I try I think it comes from trying to especially when I when I know I have a current job and something lined up for at least three to six months I I try to like settle in and dig into what I'm doing for that in the moment and really enjoy that process and also sometimes by default that process can just be really taxing and I'm like I'm all in here like blinders are on I I don't even have the attention span to go and look for things um but then I also fold in my life in that where I'm like okay I'm doing these things how can I take what time I have to um maybe this piece inspires me to make a collage out of something or maybe I'm working with someone um who we've been talking about crafting so now like I've got this shelf that I want to paint and make and put that up and just taking on little personal projects so that I am both fulfilling my professional purpose and and creativity but I'm also fulfilling myself so that as I'm going through a process no matter it's two months three months two weeks that I feel fulfilled and balanced on both ends of that spectrum but also because I, I went through this recently with um Diana I was coming to the end of that and I was like oh I don't I don't have anything solid lined up. And so when that feeling hits, just like you said, when the hunt is on, the hunt <laughs> is on. I'm like getting in gear like the, the guy from Jumanji. Uh-huh, yes. <laughs> he does not give up. And like that's the, <laughs> that's the mood that I go into when I'm on the hunt. I've got like 10 tabs pulled up. I'm updating something else on my computer. I'm like ready to go. All the emails are being drafted. And that, that kind of energizes me. Um, but then there also is that waiting game of, um, okay, now I've sent out my email. So now my, the ball is in someone else's court and that can be so hard to just sit in. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I end up having to distract myself or that's, that's where the Netflix binging comes in where I'm like, Oh, just waiting now. (laughs) Yeah. We watched three hours of blue bloods. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I've been feeling really heavy, actually, with social media recently because about a year ago, I created a professional account because I was getting a lot of friend requests on my private Instagram account, and I just like have family stuff on there, and I have family all over the world, so that's kind of a way that we all stay in touch is like uh-huh. through our Insta stories and stuff, but it's not necessarily something I want, like you know, the person I want to hire me to like see me cooking pasta in my kitchen. Like, they don't need to know that. You know what right. I mean? Uh, So I started a professional Instagram and it's been so great and I've been able to do so much networking with it. But also sometimes I feel like a weight that I have to keep it interesting. 
Oh, uh-huh. You know, and I didn't expect to ever feel that kind of weight attached to it. I thought it was this lighthearted, easy thing that I could do. And now I've realized, oh, now there's some heaviness to it that I didn't yeah. anticipate. I think it's so dope that you created a, um, a professional IG page. I think that's so dope and so smart. Um, and I just want to circle back to the FOMO aspect or sorry, not the FOMO aspect, but of, of keeping it up. Do you feel like it leans more towards like how often you post or the content or both? Well, I would say that, uh, and this is something I wanted to talk to you about actually is mm-hmm. so, you know, going into this conversation of like, uh, what defines you as a stage manager and putting mm-hmm. yourself in a box because a lot of people want to. Are you an opera stage manager? Are you an event stage manager? Do you do corporate? Do you only mm. do theater? Are you a regional theater person? Do you do community? Are you non-union? Right? Everybody wants to put someone in a box and I was, I have always been very adamant that I am not the kind of stage manager you can put in a box. And that's right. my interests are very diverse, and that's actually what I feel makes me so good at my job and so successful and what keeps me working. When I can't find work in one genre, I have the skill sets to go into another genre, and that's right. how I work full-time. And so I, I think I put a lot of pressure on myself, which, uh, you know, is my fault, um, <laughs> to, to make sure that the Instagram feed looks diverse. Uh Right. So it also pushes my hustle in positive and negative ways. There's two sides to that. Right. (laughs) So I think it's it's not necessarily about how often I post, but I I feel a pressure to make sure that I'm keeping keeping it interesting when I do post. Yeah. And I'm feel feel weighted when it's like, oh, it's just another rehearsal day. (laughs) humdrum I don't know right and it's like what am I interested in and it's you know it's not about necessarily like I have so many followers or anything that's not really the point of it it's Mm -hmm. it's just like some people make a web page and I made an Instagram account (laughs) same purpose you know it served me well it has served me well I've met people through doing that it Uh connects to my LinkedIn it's a nice way to showcase you know, a softer half of like the work that I do. I don't always get to post what I'm doing because of NDAs and really cool projects. But when I do get to post, it's fun. And also I stage manage and I work and I really love what I do. And the thing that I really enjoy doing is along with that is mentoring. Yes. (laughs) You know, I love that. (laughs) I love paying it forward. I feel like so many people paved the way for me and mentored me and I would definitely not be where I am today if people hadn't taken the time and when I first started I felt like there were so many I thought oh everyone's like that like these people were so kind to me everyone must make time for other people like that and then I quickly realized that's not how it works and I just got really lucky in the beginning and then you know there was a lot of backtrack like oh the rest of the world is not Oh, he's so kind. Right. And then immediately felt like, you know, and I, I feel this way today and I have felt this way for a very long time. Like for every step forward I take, I should be pulling someone up into the step I left behind. Right. Oh. Like, you know, like bring everyone up with you because you're making space for someone new as someone makes space for you. Absolutely. And so, you know, I've posted a couple of videos on Facebook whenever I haven't whenever I've been able to do something where I can like show how to call an opera or like 
what I did a video when I was working as a PSM on Allegiance with George Takei and I was like this is what my calling script looks like because I typed it up and that's a really cool thing to talk about so then my Instagram became a chance to teach and mentor through my account like when I did the Macy's Day Parade last year mm-hmm. I archived everything I I made a story for like every part of that and I was like look this is where the parades lined up this is where the student dancers are lined up this is where the balloons go and this is what inflation day is and you know what I mean it, it's become a tool for me and when I've guest lectured in classes I've been able to be like cool, these are the different genres of stage manager I've done. What are you guys interested in? And here are some visuals. Let's talk about that. Right? Yes. But it's also become a great teaching tool in some ways. And really, you know, that's my hope for this podcast in a lot of ways is that this is just an extension of all of that, that it is a chance to share resources and thoughts and knowledge with everyone that doesn't currently have a network or community base to hear and talk about these things. Yes. Oh my gosh. Everything that you just said was so (laughs) juicy. (laughs) I just wrote down like five things like crazy. Um, First off, digging into being a mentor, resources that are available to sage managers coming up and teaching and mentoring the youth is something that I've always admired about you um, and that it's I feel like it's a necessary thing that we all don't do it but when when you think about and I feel with with you and I like we had mentors and resources coming up that like you said not everyone has and when you realize that and when you can tap into your generosity and your skills and the abundance of your experience and turn around and say, hey, youth, (laughs) like these are so many options that you can explore. And one of the main things that that really gets to me is doing theater and uh, having talkbacks after shows. And the people that continuously go out there are who? The actors, the cast, Mm -hmm. the people that they, quote unquote, came to see. And what what was bothering me time after time was you see these people and you also saw this show and experience that. And there are so many other avenues within this industry that you can take that don't involve being on a stage or in front of a camera. And so just making that known to... um, to whether it's high schoolers who have no idea what they're going to do or college students who think they do want to stage manage, putting that information out there. And like you're saying with visual aids, I mean, me, I I go crazy over visual aids. I'm a visual learner. (laughs) (laughs) So seeing what a typed calling script, imagining like, I don't know, 15 or 16 year old me, imagining or seeing um, a typed calling script for an opera that would throw my mind out of whack in the best way (laughs) I'd be like what you can do this because at 15 like I had never stepped inside of an opera house you know um and this makes me think back to we had a talk back after uh uh, it was a student matinee for Diana and they were they were such a lovely audience they were (laughs) they were a hoot actually they were a riot (laughs) um and 
afterwards, because going back to traditionally who comes out in these talk bags, I was like, no. For some reason, there was a bug that had got inside me and it was like, Mandisa, you are going out on the stage. You are at least going to say your name, where you're from, and what you do on the show. Because these kids, they have to know that there is such a job as a stage manager. And not only can you do this and work on cool shows like this, but like you're saying, you can take it into different avenues, opera, corporate. You can be doing a one-man touring show. You can work in Disney. You can be working with Cirque. There's so many things that you can do with this. And, and going back to what you're saying about having a transferable skill set, not only will that get you further in this industry, but you can take those to a whole different industry if you want and if you have the time and the ambition to do that, like go for it. But it's all about having the the transferable skills that you need and having that hustle spirit mm-hmm. to network, to talk to people, to put yourself out there. So maybe you don't want to go to this event this evening because you just had a long rehearsal, but pushing yourself to do that because you know it can make a connection or at least you end up having a good time. Exactly. Okay, so one thing I want to make sure we do is I want you to kind of talk about your trajectory, where you started, how you became a stage manager or learned what it was and how you've kind of gone into your career path to where you are today. What has that looked like for you? Dope. Um... Like so many others, <laughs> I thought I was going to be an actor, <laughs> and that uh, that that's so scary to me. Like my nerves would be so bad whenever I had to do because um, I went to a performing arts high school on the acting track. There was acting and a technical track, and so we would of course have to do class presentations of monologues or scenes or whatever. And I could never get out of my own head. It just like my heart would be racing. I'd be so nervous. Um, and I, I never felt like that was where I truly, um, felt like I could just lose myself. And so I took as an elective, a stage management class and, I remember in the first week, we did some organizing project, and my heart just, like, lit up. <laughs> um, and so from there, I went to uh, Dillard University, which is an HBCU in New Orleans, and had a great mentor who pushed me um, to go above and beyond what I thought I was capable of. Um, and I was also the only person in the program at the time who was enthusiastically like stage management is my thing I do not want to maybe direct I don't want to maybe do lighting design I want to stage manage um so I was also fortunate to have that extra attention um from from my mentors to to help mold me um and also push me towards grad school um which is a place that I entered thinking okay I've done some plays. I think I had done one musical at the time. Um, and I went in just thinking, okay, like, you know, theater is the thing for me. But then after 
seeing the kinds of avenues that can be taken, especially with corporate. Um, I thought, hmm. I'm like, what a great thing to be able to fold this into the theater work that I imagine myself doing on a regular basis to have that balanced life to where I'm working on theater, uh, larger, longer projects that um, are maybe near and dear to my heart or something that I can get on board with in a creative and, and in a personal sense and then going and doing a corporate project, which may be fun and really cool, um, but offers me a different pace than what a traditional theater production might do. Um, and so I also, with with your, your help and connections and working on your team, um, dibbled into the opera world for a summer, which was incredible and also pushed me to develop um uh a, a different like mini not mini but a like an um, under an umbrella of skill sets um to fine-tune and finesse other stage management um uh hard skills within that um and so I I see myself similar to you not in a box, I love what I do, and I love helping someone take their their um, their idea from concept to something that's for audiences, and working with teams, um, and sometimes just doing like we <laughs> we do some crazy and weird stuff sometimes, <laughs> and I I love that, and I thrive on that. And actually, the other day I was thinking to myself, I was like, what if I find myself out of work for like six complete months. I was like, would I, would I go and try and take up an office job, like a nine to five, having weekends off, summers off, maybe not summers off, but <laughs> <laughs> holiday. I'm thinking of a, of a teacher schedule. <laughs> um, and, and I thought, would I be, would I be happy with that? Would I be satisfied with that? And I started to tear up actually at the thought of what if I couldn't do stage management anymore? And that, <laughs> that like broke my heart as I'm like sitting in my apartment thinking to myself. All right, Mandisa, if you uh-huh. could tell your baby stage manager self one piece of advice, what would it be? Speak your truth. Speak your truth, which I feel like has been a, a constant theme of, of my personal life and my professional life since going to grad school, or since being in grad school, I should say. Um, going back to often being a minority in a space, being the only black person in a space, being the only black woman in a space. Um, I think sometimes I, more so in the past, like I'm still, it's still a growing thing with me. Uh, I'm still actively working on it and not doing myself the disservice of not saying something simply because I think it will not rustle feathers. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and also speaking up for myself in terms of negotiating, saying, this is what I need, or is this possible? Can this be a part of this conversation now? Um, and really saying, this is the lifestyle that I want and want to upkeep. How can I, entering this new deal, this new contract with whatever person or institution, how can I make this work for me, but also be in service to you? Yes, indeed. And also just as a, as a young woman saying what's on my mind, not being flippant or, or anything, but saying what's on my mind and being me, um, and embracing that and not always in a, in an Instagram or Twitter way, not always sharing that with the world, but being, being that unapologetically, even when it's just me and no one's watching. Well, thank you so much, Mandisa, for joining me today. I think those are all the questions I have for you. This has been such a great, honest, genuine conversation, and I am so yes. grateful for you having that with me. Thank you so much for having me. This is, uh, I want to echo everything you just said and add um, that you've given me so many things to think about uh, and do with my time off. So thank you so much for having me. For sure. And I'm sure there are lots of people out there that are going to want to connect with you directly. Uh, For anyone that wants to connect with you, uh, do you have an Instagram handle they can start following? I do. You can find me on IG at Disapak, D-I-S. A P A C. Cool. And then again, Mandisa hosts or co-hosts this amazing podcast that everyone should listen to. Yes, uh, it's the Living Millennial Podcast, and you can also find us on Instagram at Living Millennial PC. Uh, so check us out. And this has been amazing, Morgan. Oh my goodness, I, I can't wait to hear it and hear other episodes. Well, there is so much in there to think about, you know, no matter where you are in your career, in your life, I think FOMO and burnout and how social media is currently present in your life are things that anyone can relate to. So a few things before you go, make sure that you rate and review this podcast wherever you're listening to it. It's going to help other stage managers find our show. Also make sure to click subscribe so you see the new episodes as they show up every week. This podcast is presented by the Stage Managers Association. If you want to keep up with the SMA on social media, they have all the socials. They have Twitter, they have Facebook, they have Instagram. Definitely check them out. Also, if you want to keep up with me on the socials, you can look for me on Instagram at Morgan underscore Zupanski. On this week's episode of Hashtag SM Life, you heard from Mandisa Reed and myself, Morgan Zupanski. Thanks again for listening and stand by for more episodes.